Okay, we are in a in a series on serving, um, and particularly looking at stories from the book of Acts, and uh, looking at different characters. So we've done talks on the book of Acts before uh, many times, uh, but we've picked out one or two different characters that perhaps we haven't ever focused on or looked at uh, before. And just seeing how they have served Jesus in the roles that God had called them to. Now, if you like movies, um, often you'll see in movies the headline stars. Uh, they're the, the lead actor, lead actress. They're the ones that when they award the Oscars, so you're thinking, who's going to win it? Who's going to win it this year? But behind the lead actor and lead actress are an amazing cast of supporting people. Uh, last week, Jemima and I went to watch Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, just a brilliant film if you like anything about Queen, uh, and that's your era, and it was right in my sort of wheelhouse. It's just an amazing story, of, of, of particularly focusing on, obviously, Freddie Mercury, but the whole team. And this lady that I, I sort of heard of, Mary Austin, I'd heard about her, but I didn't know anything really about her. And, and, and this, this lady, how she just supported Freddie Mercury, really, through the whole of his life. And, and he, he would often refer to her as his common-law wife. Uh, such was his relationship with this lady. And she was very much a supporting player. She wasn't the leader. She wasn't the Apostle Paul. But she was playing, if you like, a role in Freddie Mercury's life. And these characters that we're looking in Acts are like that. We're not looking at the Freddie Mercury's of the book of Acts. We're looking at the Mary Austins of the book of Acts. And this morning, we're in chapter 18, uh, um, primarily, uh, just going to dip back into Romans as well. So if you have a Bible with you, just flick it open. Uh, I've put the passages up on the screen as well to help us. And we are this morning looking at a couple called Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila. Now, as far as I'm aware, I don't, I, well, I know I've never preached on Priscilla and Aquila before. In fact, as we were looking at this series, uh, uh, Mick had asked me to help him. So I sort of sat down with Catherine. We said, okay, who, who, who do we know? Who do we think would be good people? Ah, oh, Priscilla and Aquila, they'd be great. And so we, 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 we picked them out. And then when I came to look at it, I think, well, there's not a lot to go on. Uh, whose idea was this? Um, but we're going to look at Priscilla and Aquila. Um, I don't think I've ever heard a sermon on them. I probably heard, like you have in different times, perhaps them being used as an illustration here and there, being brought into other sermons, but, but not a whole sermon on this couple. We have about six or seven verses on them. And in themselves, they haven't got any famous quotes. There isn't anybody used to think, oh, yeah, do you remember when Priscilla said this or Aquila said that? We don't have any of those. We don't have any sermons by them. And in themselves, they don't do any great feats. There's no great signs of miracles or, you know, healings or casting out demons. You don't see anything like that in Priscilla and Aquila's life. And while there is not a lot said about them, there is a whole lot that is said about them and about their character, about who they are, about their way of life. And we want to learn something about this couple. So let's just read our few verses. Uh, firstly, in chapter 18 of Acts. And Paul at this point is on his missionary journey. He's been in Athens and he is now on his way to Corinth. It says this, verses one to three. After this, 
Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come down from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius, the emperor, had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. And Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. This is where we landed our subjects when Catherine and I looked at them. We're going to talk about what it means to be a believer in the workplace. That's the title we came up with. It's not what I'm going to talk about. So we're just going in a slightly different direction to where I thought. Thankfully, the titles weren't broadcast, so I wasn't fixed to it. But that's where, we, where I started. So here we see Paul meeting with Aquila and Priscilla. They have this common trait in tent making, and this is where they joined. We flick forward to verse 24 of the same chapter, chapter 18. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. We'll talk about what that means in a minute. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, and when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. Third little reference to Aquila and Priscilla is back in Romans, uh, sorry, forward in Romans uh, 16. Uh, if you just want to flick over there, it's just a couple of verses here uh, on the screen again. So see that, yep. Greet Priscilla and Aquila. So this is Paul writing to the Roman church. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches, the Gentiles, are grateful to them. There we have it. Priscilla and Aquila. Discuss. We have here a picture um, of a couple who are faithful in their service of Jesus. Whenever you see Priscilla and Aquila, you see Priscilla and Aquila. Do you notice that? Every reference to them is husband and wife together. And I think, I can't think of anybody else, then probably maybe somebody out there, but I couldn't think of anybody else in the whole of the scripture where we see every time they are referenced, the husband and wife working in ministry together. Now, this isn't about a talk about that we can only do serving Jesus in marriage, but I just want to say that in this context where we see this married couple, they are always mentioned together. They are doing life with Jesus, for Jesus, together. There are perhaps one other, well, one other person that I could think of that we know that was married was Peter. We hear about Peter's mother-in-law. So we believe from that Peter must have had a wife, but we don't know anything about his wife or much about his mother-in-law. Paul, we believe, wasn't married himself. And Jesus, of course, himself was not married. So we don't have many examples of a husband and wife in Scripture doing life together apart from Aquila and Priscilla. They are never mentioned on their own. Secondly, not only are they faithfully serving, 
they are consistent in their service. Do you know what? As um, many of you know, um, in sport, uh, all types of different sports, they have often what is sometimes called, you know, the man of the match. If you particularly like football, if you like American sports like we do, they call them the MVP, the most valuable player. And uh, in my volleyball team, every week when we play, somebody votes from the opposing team on who the MVP is. Now, Ben's in my team now, and uh, for the first four weeks, uh, he got the vote for the MVP in our team, which is just clearly not fair. (laughs) Having played it for so long, he comes along and gets all the awards. But that's what an MVP is. Now, Priscilla and Quilla are like the MVP of the church. You know, they are consistently always there. They are consistently, so, you know, wherever Paul's getting on with, Priscilla and Aquila are like that. They're consistent through their service. And wherever you see them through church life, you will see a Priscilla and Aquila woven into the fabric. And right across this church, we've got Priscilla's and Aquila's, both husbands and wives and single people who are just consistently serving. We're just consistently that whatever you want us to do, we will be there. See, being a Christian is not about being a lone ranger. It's not about just going out on your own and doing your own thing. There are so many passages throughout Scripture that talk about how we need to be in community with one another. Famously, the Bible talks about iron sharpens iron. Actually, we need each other. We need one another to help us. Paul writes in lots of his letters about one anothering passages. Love one another, encourage one another, be there for one another, show hospitality to one another, whatever it may be. We are meant to be in this community and we don't do it on our own. Priscilla and Aquila were a couple that were putting themselves out for the church and the places that particularly Paul was serving in. There are many people, as you look through the Bible, who have people in their lives who I would say are, you know, are that sort of understudy to the main character. David had a Nathan. David got himself in a lot of trouble, back to fall into sexual sin. And Nathan says, hey, David, you know, what you're doing is not good. We need Nathans. All of us need Nathans who say, hey, Steve, do you know what you're doing? I love you so much that I don't want to see you do that. I don't want to see you fall. We need Nathans in our lives. We need people who are willing to step over the line of discomfort and actually say, you're about to make a huge mistake. Are you a Nathan to people? Perhaps somebody in your connect group, just a friend of the church. Are you a Nathan to someone else? Would you be willing to take that bold step of, Speaking to somebody, say, actually, that's just not good. Or are you a David who's willing to show some openness to receive that? Not because they're telling me off, not because they think I'm just stupid, but because actually they love me so much they are willing to speak into my life. We need Priscilla's and Quillers that are like Nathan's. And then you see stories like Ruth and Naomi. The story of Ruth and Naomi, Naomi so much more than just a mother-in-law. She's actually going to stick with Ruth through thick and thin. No matter what you go through, Ruth, I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. Do you know what? We need people who will walk alongside us, encouraging us as we have 
difficult seasons. We need Naomi-type relationships. Well, I think we see something of this in Aquila and Priscilla. We see a couple who are willing to serve in their context. So what was their context? Why were they such a big impact on Paul? Well, we see in those opening verses in Acts, if we could just have that back up, Abs, just the first three verses. We see that Aquila has come down from Pontus. Anybody know where Pontus is? Have a stab of a guess. Turkey. Yep, very good, Mick. Well done. It's in sort of modern northern Turkey. Uh, so he's come down from Aquila, and uh, he's met Priscilla. They're currently in Rome. And Emperor Claudius has come along. Uh, this is around about AD 49, uh, so about 50 years uh, after Jesus. And he's evacuating all the Jews out, and they're making their way to Corinth. Paul has left Athens, and he's about to start this new church plant in the city of Corinth. Now, Corinth is a massive town, about 200,000 people at this time, place of good trade, but was known for its wickedness in terms of sin. Not an easy place to plant a church but a vital place. And Paul was coming into a city that was full of very religious people doing the very religious stuff, but he didn't want to take any money for his own well-being, and so he just got set to work. What does Paul do? He's a tent maker. So he goes and finds other people who do similar work to him, and he meets Aquila and Priscilla. Their first connection is through their, Bible, their vocational work of tent making. It's not actually through ministry. And I think every one of us who works in, in the world in some way, whether we are employed or whether we um, you know, meet our neighbors, wherever we are, we are looking for moments where God's going to connect us with people. And there's this amazing moment where the Holy Spirit brings Paul and Aquila and Priscilla together through their vocational work. It's not through Paul's great preaching do they come into contact. And I think there's something that we need to take hold of and look for and believe in opportunities as we meet people. Gary, you have probably the most connection with people, I think, in work in terms of your business. You are going into homes daily. And I believe just the spirit on you to know your ambassadorial authority as you go into homes. It's not just about buying furniture. It's about bringing the kingdom of God into those homes. As people come to your home and pick up furniture, you drop it off wherever you go, you need to know that God's with you. And I believe he wants to use you in a greater way as you connect with those people. Alison, I know I've had a word for you in the past about your Avon. Again, you just go into so many homes. Believe God is with you as you, as you go. And I think for the rest of us in our vocational work, I'm looking for God to open up conversations. We're looking for God to do stuff. And here in the context of this new church plant, Paul meets Aquila and Priscilla through their vocation. And they are serving God. They're obviously clearly believers as they come to meet. They, they don't become uh, Christians through this connection. They're already believers and they're already on the front foot, ready to do ministry through their tent making. 
The ministry, the ministry, if you like, ministry in inverted commas, wasn't their vocation. Their vocation was tent making, and yet they were willing to use it for their ministry. It was the way that they led their lives that spoke to them, to, to those around them, and I'm sure to Paul as he met them. So how do we take this couple's example, and what does that look like for you and for me? I believe there's three, three things that I've picked out from just these few verses that I think will help us in becoming Aquilas and Priscilla's ourselves and looking for Aquila and Priscilla's around us. Firstly, they demonstrated incredible hospitality. Now, please don't hear that and think, I've now got to be an amazing chef. That, I don't believe, is, that's part of hospitality but it's not the whole part of hospitality. Being hospitable to people is just, you know, I'm open. I'm open to talk. I'm open to speak. I'm open to people to speak into my life. I'm open to speak into others' lives. So they opened their home to Paul. We know Paul stayed in Corinth for about 18 months. Now, we've had a few people over the years that have come and stayed with us. Uh, you remember sort of many of the guys from Zimbabwe when they were coming through from the Brighton Conference. So we'd have them back at home. Uh, and I know many of you had, uh, had people similarly. Uh, we had Russell with us the other day when he came down and did the training with us. Do you know what? When you've got a guest in your home, doesn't it feel different? You can't quite be yourself. I've got to think about my timing of going to the bathroom, particularly in the night. Just saying, oh, I don't want to, you know. I wanted them to, you know, have this awkward bumping in the corridor on the way to the bathroom. And, oh, are they in the shower yet? Do I go early or do I be polite and wait? And they just, oh, they're taking a bit of time to wait. Do you know, it's all that sort of slightly awkwardness, isn't it, when you have guests in your home that you don't know ever so well? Well, Priscilla and Aquila opened their home uh, possibly for 18 months. Their home would have not looked like our homes. They probably had maybe one or two rooms. And they were willing to allow Paul to stay with them for that time. They were hospitable to hosting him. They had church meetings in their home. They did everything because they wanted to see the gospel proclaimed. And how we live our lives, how we conduct ourselves is all ultimately about the gospel. It's about does my home reflect gospel mindset am i willing to actually come on in you know when somebody rings on your doorbell and it's just not quite the right time because you're in the middle of doing something is my attitude oh, do you know could you come back or do you want to come in now actually what's our mindset i love what andrew and rachel are doing on thursday evenings just opening their home so if you want to come have a meal with us come on in if you're available come and be with us we need to be like that replicating it right across the church family i believe that's what Priscilla and Aquila did. They were incredible hosts. They were also people who were willing to be coaches and teachers of others. Every one of you who knows Jesus has the opportunity to be a disciple of somebody else. You know that? God's planted something in you that he wants you to use for the benefit of others. Who are you discipling right now? Who are you spending time with? Who are you getting alongside with? 
doing life together? Who is it that you are pouring into? Who is it that all the wealth of God that he's given you, you are going to spend time with? And I say it to myself as well as, as I say it to all of us. They were willing to come alongside Apollos. Now, Apollos in, in verse uh, 24, he was a, a man. It says he was a learned man. He knew the scriptures already. So it's not like, okay, we're going to teach you the basics, Apollos. We're going to teach you something more of what we have experienced. They were willing to come into him. And he knew John's baptism, John's baptism, the baptism of repentance and faith. While that was important, it was preceded by Jesus' coming. And now they say, actually, Apollos, there is something so much more about baptism than just repentance and faith. It's about coming into this relationship with Jesus. And I'm sure that they spent time with him just explaining how the, the gospel of the baptism of repentance and faith and how Jesus has died for us. And as we believe in him, suddenly everything changes. They just gently coached him. John, we need people who will come alongside us and help us and encourage us and spend time with us and, and grow us. I know that I've grown most when I've been around people who are slightly ahead of me in the journey. You have people like that? People who just have done life a little bit more than me, have seen a little bit more than me, experienced God a little bit more than me. You say, what would you do? How would you respond in this time? Actually, I'm looking at this issue. What would you say? We need to be people like Naomi and Ruth, people who are willing not to come along and, and judge, bring criticism, but people who are there to strengthen what we already have. It's a bit like an editor in a newspaper. An editor in a newspaper will edit what has been written by somebody else just to bring a bit more maybe grit to the story, whatever it may be. I'm going to say, actually, what you've written is rubbish. I'm going to rewrite it for you. I'm going to come to it and look at it and, and help you. One of the things that we'll, I say we, royal we, one of the things that we're doing in our home at the moment is helping Ben through his English. So last night, uh, both Ben's done some, some examples for his mock English uh, exam, uh, and Catherine had a look at them, and Jemima had a look at them. And then it's actually, Ben, what you've written is total rubbish. Actually, but if you thought about doing it in this way, if you use that expression, or if you did that, that would probably help you a little bit. That's what we need in the church. We need people who just actually come alongside you. Steve, are you open to those things? We need to be people that are willing to be coaches and teachers, but we would need to be receptors of that. The opposite of being open is being pride, being prideful. Prideful? Full of pride, or whatever the word, you know what I mean. We have pride, isn't it? And when, do you know, when we, yeah, I didn't do English. Well, I did, I did okay, back, back story, just, I failed my English, so that's why I'm not allowed to help Ben, all right, so. Okay, just the full context of the whole story there. <laughs> when we have pride, we don't have humility. And when we have pride, we don't like people speaking into our lives and we become defensive. Now, I would just believe that for us as a people, we need to always be open for people to speak. If we could come defensive, then that's an element of pride that needs to be dealt with. 
I just want to, Lord, even I know in my own life, I know I can get defensive. I like it when people actually, even through the right motives, tell me, actually, Steve, that wasn't helpful. I pray right, even right now, Lord, you would help us to be open and receptive to those around us that you've placed in our lives, Lord, to sharpen us. As the iron comes across my iron, Lord, I want to be sharpened. I pray for all of us that any sense of pride, any sense of I've got it right and you don't know what you're talking about, Lord, I just pray you eradicate that from our thinking. I believe as Aquila and Priscilla helped Apollos, he was receptive to their coaching and teaching. Lord Jesus, we want to be people like that. We want to be people that are soft in heart, not quick to jump. Please, please, Lord. Help us in it, we pray. Hallelujah. Okay, let's be open. Let's be teachers and coaches. Let's be receptive to those around us speaking into our lives. Thirdly, they were willing to take great sacrificial risk for the ministry. So in the Romans uh, passage, as Paul is finishing off his letter to the Roman church and he's doing his sort of final um, comments uh, to many people that he will have known, he picks out here Priscilla and Aquila saying that they risked their lives for me. And I think uh, on a day like today, where we're remembering those who've gone before us, we have, if you like, the ripple effect of those who have sacrificed their lives for us that we're now living in the good of. You believe that? Priscilla and Aquila risked their lives for Paul in his ministry. And I believe that in this moment, as he's writing this letter to the Romans, he's remembering those ripples. I remember what they did for me. I remember how they put themselves out for me. Do you know what? I want to be a person that has ripples in people's lives. I want to be a person that knows that somehow I went the extra mile for, for people. I want you to be people that are making ripples in the world that you live in. Jesus said, no greater love there is than to lay down their life for their friend. Are you a Priscilla and Aquila? Are you ready to, do you know what, put aside your own wishes, your own desires, your own wants, willing to lay down your life just as they did? Great sacrifice they risked for me. And this not only benefited me, Ripple, 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 ripple. Ripple, 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 ripple. But for all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. What a, what a testimony. So many people affected by this couple. Not lead players, not lead actor, not lead actress. Supporting role. And ripple, 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 ripple. Across the churches. Aquila and Priscilla. Amazing people. Christians today laying their lives down for the gospel. Many we all probably have known, heard of across many nations who are literally losing their lives. But in our context, let's also be people that are willing to lay down our lives 
risk your reputation, your popularity, your friendships for the gospel. That's what Paul's looking for. That's what Jesus is looking for. As we think about those who were in the trenches, I'd love to have had, a, if I was in there, I'd love to have had a Priscilla and Aquila next to me. Do you know what? They would have been fighting, fighting for you, fighting for me. So how do we become like Priscilla's and Aquila's? We've seen their example. What is it that we can do today in 2018 to be more like them? Firstly, I would say, just to, as we come towards the end, invest yourself in people. Love people. Love people. Love being with people. Love spending time with people. Do you know, it's, depending on how you're wired, you know, some people, when they like to relax, they're like, do you know, I just need a bit of silence and headspace, and I don't want, I've had enough people in my head for a week. I just want my own little moment. Do you know, there's some people who like that. And then there's other people who just say, I need to be around people to unwind. And in our house, we have a complete mix of some of that going on. So some like being with people, some others don't like being with people. And we have to find our rhythm of what does that look like. Uh, sometimes it can be uh, just me and the dog in the front room and everybody has gone to the four winds. And, and that's fine. And then there's other days when everybody wants to be in the lounge and just wants to hang out together and it's noisy and it's chaotic. It's finding your rhythm, but still love people. Don't always be the in the lounge with the dog on your own people. As much as that seems attractive at times, and probably some of us need that just to recuperate, love people. I mean, love people. As we remember, we, we went through the book of Philippians. I think Andrew spoke on, on this chapter in chapter two. Um, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. I like to be in the lounge with the dog on my own. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Be with people, love people, spend time, invest in people. Every one of you has got time, got talents. You've got treasures. You've got things that God's blessed you with. Share them with those around you. I believe Priscilla and Aquila were like that. They were just like, I'm going to give myself to those around me. Be coachable, as we said. Proverbs 1.5 says this, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. Let the wise listen. Children, how many times have I said you've got two of these, one of these? Let's get it in that proportion. So wise, listen. We all need to be people who are listeners, discerning. Proverbs 15.32 says, Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains great understanding. Again, let's not be defensive. When people speak into our lives, let our humility shine through. When pride comes, Proverbs 11 then comes disgrace. But when humility comes, wisdom arrives. Let's be people who are open. And thirdly, it's time to get out of our comfort zones and get involved. It's time to not just be who we are and we're comfortable, but it's time to press into all that God's for us. The backdrop of Priscilla and Quilla's lifestyle and ministry through their work, through their connection with people, is what? They're on a mission. 
They're on a mission to share the gospel. That's their DNA. That's their background. That's all that they are. They want to be the very person that God's called them to be. Why? Because they've got a gospel message to share. I pray that every one of us, we are having ripples daily in our lives. You believe that? Okay, you don't believe that. We need to believe that. (laughs) Silence. Do you believe that? Yes. We, you know, please don't hear that you have to be street corner preachers to have ripples. You don't. But you do need to believe that you have a gospel message to share. You do need to know that. Christ has given it to you for your benefit, but for the benefits of those around you. Jesus didn't have to risk his life. Jesus gave his life for us. That's what he did. He gave his life for us. And I believe he's wanting us now to take a few risks. And for each of us, that will look very, very different. I'm not going to stand and tell you what you must and mustn't do, but I do want to encourage you that you have a gospel message to share. And there are ripples that he wants you to have across Weymouth and Portland, your communities, your workplaces, your families, that your DNA, everything that we are, all that we do, everything that I am, is shaped by this amazing gospel. Amen. Let's, let's stand and um, let's just ask God, uh, just uh, with a mic, you want to think about what you want to do next. But let's just in this moment, as we just looked at these few verses that perhaps we've just never really contemplated before. Holy Spirit, we're asking you now to ripple through our lives into the places that you've called us to be. I just, I just feel I just want to pray that you, there's a sense of um, commissioning that he's calling us to. Daily, commissioned to go into the world, commissioned to bring the gospel, commissioned to be ambassadors, commissioned to bring the Spirit's presence, commissioned to be salt and light, commissioned to be a beacon on a hill. Church, you're commissioned to make a difference, to proclaim Jesus, to love people, to transform community. It's what we're called to be and to do. He wants you to to be who you are and the gifts that he's given you. He wants you to fulfill your, as it were, swinging in your sweet spot. You're hitting the ball just at the right moment on the club head. You all haven't got to be Steve Hunters. You all got to be Mick Richardsons. But the DNA that God's placed in you, the person that he's made you, I want you to believe that he can transform your world around you through you. Just as Priscilla and Aquila saw in their lives. Many, many Gentiles were impacted by their ministry. Many, many people 
were impacted by your life. Lord Jesus, would you do it in us, through us? Lord, I pray you'd raise our eyes of faith again. I pray, Lord, you'd take our blinkers off. I pray you'd help us to see people in a way that we've never seen. I remember when I became baptized in the Spirit, one of the things that I noticed about my life was that I saw people differently. Every person you meet, there's hope for them. Every encounter, there's hope that Jesus would impact their lives. God, would you use us in our workplaces, just as this couple worked so intense. I pray for everyone in a workplace here today. God, would you use us, speak through us, demonstrate your love in us. Help us to be bold, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.